Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. His firing was very shocking. But I'm not I'm not surprised, though. He, he even landed in Philly, though. You know, because, you know, people talk around the league, you know, behind closed doors, and it's like, hey, you trying to get to Philly anyways. Mm, Tyreek Hill saying Vic Fangio, he's trying to get to Philadelphia anyway, which I'm not very surprised. He wanted to be here and then thought Gannon was going to the family, um, yeah. a pretty good organization, yeah. Phillies fan. Vic's going to be at a bunch of Phillies games this summer. But you know what? That might have been felt down there in Miami. Like, he's got one foot out the door. He's trying to get to Philadelphia. Weren't we told that uh, that Jonathan Gannon and all that stuff had nothing to do with, you know, Vic Fangio coming here? I forgot. Did, who, who told us that again? I do forget. I mean, some, uh, it, so y'all be, some, now y'all being petty. Well, some dope no, out there. I gave I the dope credit. He was yeah. all over the Kellen Moore thing, and he's been on the, the Andy over Bill thing mm-hmm. for a couple of years now. I mean, nope. listen, not, no one bats a thousand around here. So Howard hit a couple home runs, but, you know, the Fangio <laughs> Gannon thing's a massive strikeout. Balls right? get sweaty. I like how we keep this pettiness going. I just, I respect We it. just keep it real. That's all. Just, just keep keeping it, keep it, it real. What well, keep, 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 keep it hundo. Howard would have, I told you so to us. So, oh, just for the record, we I told you so to Howard. I mean, again, he, boom. he got his praise for being, you know, on the early on the Belichick Andy thing. Then Andy could catch him and surpass him. And he was spot on with Kellen Moore. But as far as the Fangio Gannon thing goes, just be ready for a text in five minutes. Oh, I know. I'll ignore it. I, I just will not pay attention. All right. How about Vic Fangio here and what he brings to the Eagles? So, this was interesting from Chris Long talking about Fangio and what he has done to the top offenses in the league over the years. It's too high structure stuff. It's pre-snap. You're not going to know where they're going to be. He plays a lot of cover six. You know, cover six is half-field coverage, right? So you can get four and two on different sides. The point is, for a quarterback, those half-field structures, the pre-snap movement, like it really does muddy things up. And when you look around the league at the best quarterbacks, they're really aggressive. This scheme has given the best quarterbacks trouble. That's the reason that you're seeing a bunch of his disciples like kind of take the league by storm. And then I think nothing's more telling then in 2019 there was an interview for ESPN and, and Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur were asked which defense is toughest to read and attack and that defense is uh, is, is Vic Fangio according to all of them. That, that's pretty telling Hugh when those minds when it's McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur they're asked who's the toughest defensive coordinator and they all said Fangio. Yeah I mean a part of that like people tend to forget that you can have a, a, a sound plan schematic to run your defense, you still need players. And a lot of those times when you talk about when, when Vic has had some pretty good linebackers and, and pretty good corner play, defense has been pretty sound. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that you have to understand when you talk about, for air quotes, this bend but don't break defense. Because that's what people, like a lot of people in Philadelphia, when they hear that, that they have nightmares when they think of that. But a lot of times when you have a, a certain philosophy that you like to run on defense, it's all predicated, <clears throat> excuse me, 
by the personnel that you have. Because it's, it's a lot of times you might want to implement your program and everything, but it might not work because you don't have the right guys yet. So I'm feeling like that's why I'm so adamant about, especially with our financial situation and, and, and most of the money being invested on the offensive side of the ball, that you're probably going to have to go young defensively. They likely are. I mean, they could make some moves to change the money around, but they're likely headed to a year where Vic's got a lot of young players in that defense side of the football. Hopefully, they give him something to work with. 215-592-9494. Let's get back to the lines here, and then we'll get to a, a former NFL legend who's throwing his hat into the ring to join this Eagles staff. We'll tell you about that. Daryl, West Oakland. What's up, Daryl? Hey, how you doing? What's up, Daryl? Hey, you, Joe, Kyle. How you guys doing today? I just want to make a few points. I know you're up against it. Well, first about San Francisco. Um, then about, uh, you know, Coach Reed and, and, and Kansas City and, and, and the Eagles. So in reference to uh, Kansas, I mean, in reference to San Francisco talking about that they they would have uh, been in the um, conference finals if their quarterback wasn't hurt. Yeah, last year. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go what Hugh says. That dog don't hunt, okay? And um, uh, um, that dog don't hunt. Now, um, I don't like San Francisco. Uh, they became... You know, my enemy, <laughs> they hired in Dallas on my, on my list now. Um, also, in reference to um, Coach Reed, you know, I'm ride or die with them unless they're playing the Eagles. <laughs> and um, I also um, believe that uh, Coach Reed is um, becoming the GOAT. You know what I mean? And And even further, if football was a galactic game, he would be like Yoda. Just without the ears and having, you know, having having a, having a staff of Jedi's and, and, and Jedi's in training. Yeah, he's like the, the wise field. old man who passed on the knowledge to everybody yeah. else. Yeah, and um, so you know, I, I hope that he wins. And I, and, and also, uh, um, um, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was playing mind games, uh, you know, with. Um, with Baltimore. Oh, he too. was. I mean, Daryl, I mean, there was he, the he one play where you saw him smiling right after the the other the uh, the Raven guy got the the, the penalty because he he baited him into it. Yes, yes, he did. So he was showing them like you know some extra tough. He was bullying them, and um, I kind of like that. And um, finally, you know, with the Eagles, I'm more comfortable with the um, the choices um, that they made. You know, with the offensive coordinator. And um, defensive coordinator, and also you know keeping Sirianni uh, in there uh, for some continuity, and I, I believe he'll have input in that. Um, you know, with the with the overall game plan. Yeah, it'll be interesting the way they they kind of uh, do the whole thing, and who, and and how much say Sirianni still gets. Daryl, we appreciate. Could we hear that thing earlier from um, NFL Network Mike Garofolo on the idea of of why they liked. The coordinator they picked here uh, more, and and what he could bring. I thought it was interesting the way he framed this with uh, kind of how strong his personality will be in that coaching room. The thought process, from my understanding, is this is an experienced play caller with the chops to fit in and stand up to a veteran coaching staff that the Eagles have down there. Moore has also worked with some good quarterbacks, including Dak Prescott in the NFC East, so he's back in the division. And the Eagles also see him as a young, bright play caller with some fresh ideas separate from what they have done the last couple of years in Philly, so they'll mesh the two systems together and hopefully get Jalen Hurts and that offense going. The chops to, to make his word heard there in that coaching room. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because it makes you feel like, you know, uh, there's some little bit of yes men 
get around and, and there's no pushback. And I will say this, with the lack of information about what actually happened with this team, I would say probably it was a little bit of that. Like there was probably not enough people saying, hey, well, this ain't right or this ain't that ain't right or whatever. And and that's why that comment was made. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, to get the quarterback to, to fall in lockstep with what the offensive coordinator is trying to do and try to just get this team back to what it needs to be, man. Like this weekend was tough watching all these teams play. Knowing that we went out the way that we went out, it was pretty tough. Well, one year ago, the Eagles, I mean, Jalen Hurts is singing on the podium. They're they're heading to the Super Bowl. I mean, that that's it feels like so much longer ago than that, but it was. It was it was one year ago. David in Westchester. Hey, David. Hey, Joe. It's Victory Monday. It is victory for you. For who, David? For you? For the uh, Niners? For the Chiefs? For Andy? Who's who's a victory for? Nope, you missed it on all counts. It is victory for you, Joe, for your San Francisco 49ers. Now, what My I got Niners. Hang, hang on. Hang on, Joe. All right. Did you ahead. bring your Brock Purdy jersey to work today? I did not. No, I left I left that one at home. No, I don't own a Brock Purdy jersey. Just, just because I think the guy who led the NFL in pass rating is pretty good doesn't mean I have his jersey. Oh, come on, Joe. I saw your fancy team. <laughs> I did have a lot of Niners. They, him, score, they score a lot of points, David. That's the, that's the objective. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I, I, I assure you. Somewhere on your body, you're wearing something San Francisco, which is going to give away your closet San Francisco fandom. You're probably wearing underoos with the 13 stenciled on them and black magic marker. Now, just because I push back on this idea that the highest rated pass from the NFL is somehow you know bad, doesn't mean I'm a San Francisco fan. I'm just I'm living in the, the real world, David. All right, Joe. I'm, I'm not buying it. But okay. I know you're not. You're not buying you it. Stick to your story. <laughs> so, so let's talk about my man Andy Reid. Oh. I, I think he is well on his way to being the greatest coach in NFL history, and it's because of his quarterbacks. First with Don McNabb, who he did come up short, but now with Patrick Mahomes, I, I swear to God, he's like the greatest player I've ever watched. I mean, the guy beat us last year with just one leg, and you know this year he's healthy, and I don't think there's going to be a stopping. I, David, I don't either. And, and you think about where he is at age 28 – Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's not he's not going to win every year, but in the next five years after this one, I'd be shocked if they're not back in at least two more Super Bowls. I mean, we, we may look up in five more years and say, oh, my goodness, he's been in six or seven Super Bowls. He's won four or five, and he still has he still has years after that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. And if you, if you look at the teams, San Francisco is there because of the cast of characters around the quarterback. Kansas City is there because of the quarterback. I mean, Andy Reid still has this, his major flaw is he doesn't surround his star quarterbacks with enough talent because he relies on the quarterback so much. You know, if, if Jalen Hurt or if um, um, oh God, John blank. Purdy, yeah, yeah, take a deep breath and, 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 spin, and spin that up again. Yeah. Like what you're trying to say? Well, I, I do agree with David's point that the Niners are there because of the cast around Purdy. The Chiefs are there mostly because of Mahomes more than the cast. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm still used to talking about um, Hurts. Okay? Right. But, yeah, but Mahomes, I mean, he he is just, you know, he he's just awe-inspiring to watch. Like, you know, he would probably run a half marathon in 140 versus 205. He, yeah. he would. He, you know what he would do? He'd win it. Whatever, whatever the number had to be to get there. Dave, man, we appreciate the phone call. The, the thing about Mahomes that separates him, I've never seen a quarterback combine, you know, splash plays, right, like the special plays, mm-hmm. and he doesn't make mistakes. Like, usually those guys that are 
the dynamic quarterbacks, like Josh Allen, right? Dynamic. He makes mistakes. He makes boneheaded plays. Yes. And then you have like the the Bradys who are just in the pocket, simple, makes the easy completion every time. Mahomes does both. That's yeah, what makes him amazing. I think it's a combination of 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 having all everything you need to have a good quarterback and still have the 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 calm demeanor to accomplish all that. He just never seems like he gets rattled. Never. And he knows the right situation to do whatever it is that's needed in that situation. I think that's the biggest thing, man. You know, and it just, again, it just blows my mind how people try to move the line. Because that was I, I took that as like a little backhanded comment when he was talking about Coach Reed and the fact that he didn't put players around him. Isaiah Pacheco, he's not a player. He's a player. Seventh-round pick, he's a player. Rasheed Rice, he's not a player. He is. He's turned into a player. See, this is where, like, I, I respect everybody's football acumen. But this is where you, you need to start looking at it for what it is. Those guys, you could have made that argument earlier in the season. You could have made that argument for Pacheco last year when he, well, a year before that, when he got into the league that he wasn't a player. Coach Reed has developed, that's the key word here, developed these guys into go-to guys. You couldn't call the receiver, like Patrick Mahomes, that play that he made yesterday, he wouldn't have called that play early in the year because the receivers kept dropping everything. Come on, man. Give this man, I know it's hard for some of y'all to do, give this man his props for developing his players. Because that's what he's done. So I think the league has, and this is everyone besides the Chiefs, they, and we can include the Eagles in this. We may have missed the moment. So there, there's a moment here, right? They paid Mahomes. That takes up a lot of cap space. They had to move on from Tyreek Hill, right? You've said this for two years. They drafted a lot of young players. This was supposed to be the time that they didn't win their titles. Yeah. Right? This was like the rebuild around Mahomes, and then they load up again. They have the youngest defense in the NFL, the Chiefs. They might be better next year and the year after. Like yeah, last then, year and this year were supposed to be the years you could get them, and nobody can get and them. And then on top of that, you got some young receivers that are starting to come into their own at I the know. absolute right time. I saw they had some in Spags retrust T-shirts made up down there. Like they are really like they're in a they're in a good spot as far as the way that they've uh, built their squad and the way that those young guys have come on at the absolute right time that you could have. They're, you would probably argue that they're a little bit ahead of schedule. I think they are. <laughs> in the Super Bowl again, again and again. All right, let's go to Terrence. It's pretty What's up, Terrence? You, Joe Kyle. What's up, man? What's up, Hey, man? Terrence. Uh, first of all, man, I'm going to go to the, hit the coordinators first. I, I, I like both coordinators. I feel like we need the veteran, the veteran presence at coordinators because I feel like both of our coordinators we had, they didn't know. They were in over their head. And I, I'm interested to see how Kellen Moore puts his little spin on to whatever mess Sirianni had going here. Because as far as I can saw from, from uh, Kellen Moore last year, San Diego, he was with the Chargers, right? Yes, last year. So the Cowboys for four years and then the Chargers, yep. I don't know if it was the injuries or what, but they didn't, they didn't look too good. They didn't look too good. They so did, no, Terrence, more... it's, it's true. Like, so I think you could look at more two ways, right? He has had a nice career, you know, five years right. as a coordinator. But Dak got better after he left, and Herbert Absolutely. was better before he got there. I mean, that's those are facts. <laughs> and, and I want to go – I had an argument with, my, with one of my friends on social media last night because I'm going I'm to go with Kyle here, man. I feel like Dan Campbell cost his team the game last night. I feel like – when you're in a big championship game like that, I don't care what you did all season. It's about momentum. And when your team's reeling, you go, you go, you go for the tie, and you see what happens from there. You don't go for it constantly on fourth down, and when your team's already reeling, and momentum is leaving your team. 
So I feel like he kind of threw that game last night. So it, the momentum certainly swung seriously, Terrence. But my only pushback is the kicker, like no one's, there's an assumption the kicker makes the kick and it's a tie game. He's 50% in his career from that range. He's not a good I kicker. But Joe, what, what you what you take the points there? I would, but, I would take the points. No, but, but, would, but my point is we're assuming he makes it, right? That, when you say that, take the points, like you're taking the three. What if he misses the field goal? I think he hit one earlier in the game. So he did, but from that distance where they were on the on the one where they were down 45, three. 45 I know, yards. but he's on that guy's only fifty percent from that distance in his career. He's he's not a good kicker. I mean, if right. it's Terrence, uh, I'll say this: if he has Jake Elliott, if he has Justin Tucker, I wouldn't be as strong saying I don't blame Campbell because then it's like then you really are not taking the points. I just don't know if the kicker All makes right. the kick. I, I agree with the kicker part. Uh, I want to get one more thing in about Andy Reid and Mahomes, man. Yep, I feel like. Andy Reid is going in toward GOAT status because I feel like every year now, it's like him and Mahomes is becoming becoming like Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan, man, in these playoffs. It's like they turn on an extra gear. And another, another thing people forget about Andy Reid, man, it's not only about the quarterback. This guy, every year has the NFL has, has got innovative with these new head coaches and these new offenses. Andy Reid has stayed with them or even better. And people forget that. This guy schemes people open like no other. And yesterday, he, he put together a masterpiece. People forget about that. This guy's one of the best offensive minds ever in coaching. He is. You know, it's, it's, I like the way you framed it, Terrence, and we appreciate the phone call. Hugh, I think we talked about this a little bit before the show today. Andy never gets brought up in the offensive genius like everyone says Shanahan, McVay. Yeah. The he's the, He's just as much, if not more, of an offensive genius than any of these guys. Yeah. And and the designs of the uh, the plays they had yesterday, the screens to the to the side the sideline the sideline, like that's by design. I like it was a lot of stuff that Andy did offensively yesterday that gave me flashbacks. That's how we used to start games, just throwing plays to throwing passes, I should say, to get your quarterback comfortable, and then you cut you up like the Ginsu. And some of the throws that Patrick was able to make, man, it was like only he could have made those throws. Well, the throw at the end to Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marquez Valdez-Scanling finally catches a football. He does what he's supposed to do. It's almost – His it, job. I feel stupid that I didn't feel this Chiefs thing coming because they, they really were a few plays from receivers away from winning 14 games during the season. I mean, yeah. They, they, they would have been the number one seed if their receivers could catch the football. The Eagles game – the, uh, the, I mean, the one where Tony's offsides against the, the Bills, they win that game too. They're, I'm sure there was one more. I'm, I'm for, oh, the, uh, the Packers game they would have won if not for drops. It's, it's, like, it's almost like they were the team playing possum all year. Remember we talked about with the Eagles? Are the Eagles playing possum? <laughs> well, they believed, in, they believed in the personnel that they had, yeah. and they felt like, from what I gathered, that they felt like they were going to come around eventually. They did. Uh, Andy's stubbornness paid off. Yeah, in that sense, because the receivers did come up big for them. And they knew. You know what's funny when he made that catch? He knew, like, damn it, I better make this. Like, you, you felt the fact that he knew, like, oh, this yeah. could be, this could actually make me or break me. And he held on to that thing like it was a newborn baby that just fell out of a window and he was trying to <laughs> save him as a fireman. Unlike Aguilar? <laughs> yeah. Aguilar had a pretty meaty drop there in the beginning of the uh, the Ravens game. Wow, what else yeah. is or the, the, yeah. that game? So, if you're the Chiefs, you don't even consider going after a top wide receiver at this point, do you? No. I mean, you don't need it. Like, you could say that it cost them home field advantage, but that, that doesn't matter either, apparently. 
It's almost like the blessing and the curse of Mahomes. Like, you're so good, we're not going to give you another one of those Tyreek Terry kills. You, you could figure this out, what you have. You just did it this past year. I mean, he might win back-to-back Super Bowls with Rasheed Rice and who was it? Was Juju the number one guy last year? Yeah, Juju. It's like, I'm not paying for a receiver around here. You win. You'll win no matter what we give you. Let's talk to Mark in Atlantic City. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Hey. What's up, Mark? Well, listen. I think that I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but we, you know, the sort of the demise or the sort of the downfall of Andy Reid here in Philadelphia. You know, I think it had a lot to do with this personal situation and the tragedy that occurred. There's, there's no way in my mind that you can concentrate on a job as, as detailed and as uh, hard as coaching an NFL team when your brain part of your brain and your body and you're suffering emotion and you have your family. And I, I honestly think had Andy stepped away for a couple of months, I, I think every person in Philadelphia would have applauded him. No. I think he needed That's time not, no. to, to process his loss and then, you know, come back and, and, because um, he just never was the same after that. And, and, and that I understand um, so I, you know, I think that's where it started down, and then it just continued to spiral down, and and of course, then we we let him go. Yeah, that year, so, that year did feel like it was in they were in a malaise that whole year, and obviously, it's all understandable. Mark, I, I at the time, I was I couldn't understand how he was still trying to coach, and then you know, as I've grown, I realized that everyone grieves differently, and that's the way you know he, some people need structure to get through. So I I understand why he kept coaching. I, I get it. But, yeah, I mean, who knows what would have happened if he stepped away and then tried to come back. I don't think he could have did that, though, because football, like, I understand that you want to think in this situation especially that people would give you grace, but you'd be surprised. It's not, it doesn't always work out that way, man. Like, like that, that's the truth. And I strongly feel like in this situation that Coach Reed wouldn't have gotten the grace that you, you were willing to give him. I don't think the entire fan base would, would have been willing to give him that same thing because, you know, football needs to be played. It's one of those sports that regardless to what happens in your personal life, the game still goes on. And there's so many different examples of guys that have played this game that you have to compartmentalize those feelings and keep going. Mm. You know, you talk about uh, Brett Favre. And, 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 and him and his – and it was a player, a, a linebacker down in, in uh, Tampa Bay when his daughter died, he had to play. So it's one of those things where you it sounds like it's a, a, a noble sentiment, but it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, Mark. I mean, who knows what happened. Mark, we appreciate I mean, I wish he was still here, but uh, you know, it played out the way it did, and now he's on the path to becoming the greatest coach in pro football history. I did mention there a former NFL star, legend, uh, is throwing his hat into the ring here as we part of this coaching staff, which has started to pile up. Right, We've got Vic Fangio. We have Kellen Moore, former NFL player, although not much of a notable one. But, yeah, he was a former NFL player, backup kind of quarterback. Hugh, did you see who the latest former player that wants No, in? but you were telling me about it. Ocho Cinco tweeted that he's uh, interested here in uh, the Eagles wide receiver coaching job. What do we think of, of adding Ocho to the staff? Can he coach? I mean, it's different. Like, that's a different grind, man. And, and I know from the friends that I had that were former players that coach, even when I talk to them, they talk different. Like – it's not it, – it, they take their job very serious. Mm-hmm. And I don't know Chad Ochocinco personal, personally, but, I, I mean, that, that's, that job is no joke. Long hours. Long hours. And as far as what you have going on in your personal life, that takes a back burner to, to what the coaches have to go through in this day and age. 
selfishly, uh, as a talk show host, I would love Ocho on the staff because he would definitely do. He would still, I'm sure, do his podcast with uh, who's he on? With Shannon Sharp, he does a lot of podcast stuff. He'd probably go on and spill the beans about AJ and Devontae in the wide receiver room, what they really think of the quarterback. He would also get them to play possum for the first, <laughs> for most of the season, and oh, then when I it's playoff time, yeah. then we turn it up. It's a good strategy. Well, I mean, it worked for the Chiefs. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's on to something. He's going to bring that philosophy here. I, I think there's something there. All right, 215-592-9494. We'll hit as many calls as we can coming up the final segment of the show. Plus, you have all been lied to. Once in a while, we have to open up an investigation around here. And this time, we're going to expose a lie from our colleagues. I mean, a flat-out, stone-cold lie you were all told last <laughs> week. We will expose that next. Midday Show, 215-592-9494. It is the Midday Show, of course, on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now, he's back for Kick of Destiny, too. And this time, you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss, get your free pick in right now because if you're right, you win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot at redemption before Super Bowl 58. Whether your team make or team miss, just head to Fandle Sportsbook app to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You win a share of $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. New to Fandle? Just visit Fandle.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O to sign up. Make every moment more with Fandle in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.